The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon. Have you ever wondered if in the midst of all your spiritual growth, you're just going crazy? Well, maybe you're not. Dr. Michael Murdad, author of the book, You're Not Going Crazy, You're Just Waking Up, The Five Stages of Soul Transformation, is our guest today, and maybe he can help you with your dilemma. Michael is a world-renowned spiritual teacher, healer, and author, and with 30 years' experience as a healer and counselor. He's known as the teacher's teacher and the healer's healer because he has the unique ability to take the complex and the deep and make it practical. He has facilitated thousands of lectures and workshops and spoken to metaphysical churches and conferences throughout the world and is also the author of Sacred Sexuality, A Manual for Living Bliss, The Seven Initiations of the Spiritual Path, An Introduction to Tantra and Sacred Spirituality, and of course, today's book, You're Not Going Crazy, You're Just Waking Up. Of him, Dr. Todd Michael, author of The Twelve Conditions of a Miracle, says, if you will trust his intent and open to his wisdom and expertise, he will catapult you to a new and quantum level of energy and understanding and so we're looking today for just such a catapulting from, a, from crazy to awakening. Welcome, Michael, to Authentic Living. We're so glad that you could take up your time today and give it to our listeners. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. Well, let's just sort of jump right in there. Uh, what was it that made you decide to write this book about not going crazy and waking up? What, was that a theme you kept hearing? Well, yeah, thanks for asking that. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much got it right there. It's, it is a theme that, you know, we hear all the time, especially amongst people on the spiritual path. I, I think that a lot of people that aren't really aware of their, you know, consciousness shifting um, are capable, even though their lives could use a change, I think a lot of times they're just not even aware of, of how, you know, poor their life is and how uh, unfulfilled. And, and, of course, some of them are afraid to even question it, so they, they sort of stay stuck. But, you know, you, you really can't as easily get away with that once you're on the spiritual path. I mean, it's, it's like in that movie, The Matrix, you know. It's, you've taken the pill that wakes you up, and sometimes you'll wish you had taken the other pill that puts you back to, into the illusion, so to speak. But once you really have heard the right word or read the right book or had a certain experience meditatively or a near-death experience or whatever it happens to be, um, dramatic or subtle or whatever, it's, it's, you know, there's really no going back. It's, we, once you get it, you start waking up. And when you start waking up, you're like the proverbial child in the in the in the little the old story, you know, the emperor's new clothes. You're the child who says the emperor is naked. You know, you're questioning reality. You're questioning. You're saying, even though you're you should be happy with your job and and not question it. Even though you you know how how dare I think twice about my relationship when even though it's not fulfilling, um, you know, I, I'm supposed to be happy because of this reason or that reason or I have kids or whatever. I shouldn't question these things. And those people especially are going to struggle the most because they're feeling as though they shouldn't have a reason to question, yet for some reason they're questioning anyway. And I think that category of persons, uh, they're going to really struggle the most because they're really going to say, I, I just should just stuff this down, this question that's coming up. But in reality, we all need to become as children questioning reality, questioning um, what we see before us and say, but why? You know, who said this? And why, why, why do we have to do that? And you know, if I'm not happy, why would I pretend that I am? It doesn't make any sense. In fact, there's a lot of things that we do as adults because we're numb or have, you know, forgotten how to question things. There's a lot of things that we do that we really wouldn't do if we were children. We would at least ask, why is that, you know? I mean, you know, look at a child and how hard it is to sometimes get them to kind of go in one direction you want them to go, and really they don't want to do it. 
um, they, they have that fire in them that says, but why? I don't want to, you know. Well, pretend you're happy. Go play with those other kids, but I don't want to. I want to I sit in color, you know. Well, do it anyway, you know. Uh, it, it, you know, grown-ups have learned how to take a drink and do, you know, sleep with somebody they don't really want to sleep with. They've learned how to take another uh, whatever it is, a coffee, and make yourself go to work that you don't even want to go to. People shouldn't have to drink coffee to get themselves to go to a job that they love. Right. You, you would love it. You would just love it. You wouldn't even need anything. You would just get up and run for the place if you loved it that much. But people are so used to not loving their life and themselves that we go into a numbness. And yes, um, yes, the questions come up a lot um, in the last couple of years. And um, in so doing, there was a point where it just came up so many times at one particular phase, one, one year in particular, a couple of years ago, um, that I just... You know, I thought to myself, you know, I'm answering these questions consistently for people, and they're kind of on the same theme, and I'm just going to write it down, and it all actually came through me in a matter of a few hours. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. So when you talk about waking up, there's several different definitions of what that means. You mean responding to life as if it's real. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying, you know, waking up meaning, yeah, waking up realizing that, uh, well, putting it the way I put it in the book, you know, you know, you're not going crazy. You're just waking up, which means you were already crazy because <laughs> you had to be crazy to live the life you were living. You had to be crazy to, to just accept life as it was when it wasn't really fulfilling. You had to be crazy to go to jobs you didn't love in relationships that weren't expressing love and to behave the way, you know, and addictive behaviors and so on and so on. That is crazy. So when I'm saying you're waking up, it means you're waking up from the, the false life, the lie you've been living. And, yeah, it means the illusions, and you're basically you're waking back up into reality. I, and I mean cosmic, metaphysical, spiritual reality, quantum physics reality, uh, heaven, God's reality, Buddha's reality. Yeah. This is maybe in small pieces, maybe in major pieces. You might have quantum uh, leaps, or it might just be a tidbit at a time, but it is an awakening nevertheless. And uh, depending on who we are and where we are in our evolution, sometimes those are just huge leaps because we're ready for that much. And other times it will be small steps. But nevertheless, if we embrace that we are waking up and not um, belittle it or judge it as negative, if we see this is a calling of my soul, and that's important to say here because this isn't God or fate, or karma, or a full moon, or your Saturn squared this and that planet. This is your soul that wants to go home, that wants to remember who you are. And to remember, you have to wake up. You have to come out of the numbness of life and wake up. I mean, when they ask Buddha, are you a god or a man? He says, I'm awake. You know, it just means I get it. So, but he went through the, I'm, I'm going crazy, right? He's leaving his family behind him. That doesn't mean we're supposed to do that, but it was him. He went through his dark night of the soul, which is a, a personal purging where you have to question your reality. And for him, he was a prince. He had obligations. He had money, prestige, a family that was going to just resent the heck out of him for making his choice. Well, you may not be in exactly that same status or uh, circumstance or position, but you can bet that any little circumstance, it could be just a simple, you know, having a certain job. You can be you know, just five years away from retirement and say, you know what, this isn't for me. You might have invested $100,000 into a career that you know isn't for you and you think, you think you're crazy to turn your back on it and go, you know, and paint, you know, and do, you, you know, just be an artist instead of a, a doctor or whatever. But if that's what's going to make you happy, it's better to be happy and have others questioning your, your sanity than to be, you know, miserable and have everybody else just get away with, uh, being asleep along with you. And, and so really, unfortunately, when we're waking up, um, yes, the world questions us a lot. And the important things to remember, first, the world's questioning because they're insane. They're part of the hypnosis of life. So that doesn't make them a great guide, first of all. And second of all, they're only reflecting our own self-doubts anyway. So, you know, our job is to inevitably walk right through those little doubts that those people are reflecting to us because they are just reflecting, you know, our own doubts. Right, right, right. So what we see in them is a mirror for us, so we can right. begin to question ourselves. All right, well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that dark night, because I think that's an important question for our listeners to understand. We'll be back in just a moment with more Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology.
Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back today talking to Dr. Michael Mardad about his book, You're Not Going Crazy, You're Just Waking Up. And Michael, in that book, you've talked about five uh, transformational processes, and uh, you discuss the whole idea of the dark night of the soul. And I get a lot of questions about that from the listeners of this show, and I want to ask you to sort of help us understand what is the dark night and what, what, how do you move through it and out of it? Well, you know, it's almost like it should be a college course, or, or I should say a high school course, you know, a school class. The dark night of the soul is something everybody goes through at least a few times in each lifetime. It used to be thought, like in, in ancient traditions and, and spiritual traditions, that it was only for mystics, you know, like Martin Luther went to the dark night of the soul. It's when you're, you know, Jesus went through the dark night of the soul and so on. These spiritual, mas- these spiritual masters, because they're, in the midst of waking up, and so they go through this deep soul-searching. Who am I? What am I? You know, what am I supposed to do? I want to honor God or my higher self or life, and I have a bigger, bigger purpose, but yet the earth is pulling me down. Something's calling me to do something here, and I don't know how I can handle both or do both. Or, you know, so Buddha's got his family calling at him, and Jesus has whatever else, and and the fears and, and betrayals of his apostles and so on. And Martin Luther with his struggles. And Martin Luther saw, you know, people being murdered in cities based on the revolution of, of the religion at the time. And he's thinking, oh, my God, this is my fault. I, what do I do? And, and it's the, the answer is really to thine own divine self be true, uh, divine guidance be true. And so the dark night of the soul 
essentially, one way I describe it is, it's not when you are dying, it's when you wish you were dead. It's Dark Night of the Soul is not when you have one thing going wrong, like some people say to me, you know, gosh, let me tell you, man, I, I know what you're talking about, that Dark Night of the Soul, wow, I, I had a really bad weekend last weekend, you know. I'm like, wait a second, Dark Night of the Soul isn't a bad weekend. It's usually going to last for most human beings a year, two years. For some of us, it can last several years. And for some, like for Jesus, he had a dark night of the soul in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, that's, that's all condensed into short time because his energy field, his consciousness was clean enough and clear enough to where it can be condensed to a short period. But most people, it lasts, you know, an average of a year or more. And it's when everything seems to be going wrong. And an example would be, yes, you might have a health crisis, and at that same time you might have a partner that leaves you or dies or something, you know, in the relationship. Somebody has an affair. You might have something like a custody issue come up. You might have other kinds of legalities come up, um, you know, job loss. I mean, it's not that all of it has to be challenged, but it's when several areas of your life are challenged at once and you just wish you were dead or you feel like you are dead. It's, it's just a, a really dark time. And um, ultimately, it serves a purpose. First of all, where does it come from? Well, it isn't God or fate or the planet. It's your own soul says, you know, it's time to do house cleaning here. Every so often, we, the soul, um, you know, we'll help you out, we'll initiate you, we'll, we'll help you to become a little healthier, we'll put you through some tests occasionally. We'll put you through some tests in patience with your children and so forth. That's the soul. It's always trying to refine us and make us better people. But every so often it says enough is enough, time for a major house cleaning, we're going to hit you with most or all of everything at once. So in comes rushing, all these life challenges, everything seems to fall apart, and we're just like, what in the heck happened, you know? <laughs> and uh, there's the old story of Job in the Bible who describes, um, you know, having had a pretty good life and then it all falls apart. And he's the one that starts that whole, you know, why me and where did this come from? And he was actually a pretty decent guy and nobody could figure out why this all happened. But in the end, he hung in there. And we should all remember when we're going through the dark night of the soul, one of the great lines, this too shall pass. Another great concept to remember, visually speaking, when we're going through the dark night, it's like walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You know, it's like saying, it's a real good time to remember, you're, you're not alone in this. It's spirit, God, love, the Divine Mother, anything you want to call it, divinity is with you. You are protected despite how you feel, despite how things look. And your prayer should be that. Not, get me out of this mess, oh Lord, wherever you are, whoever you are, you know, whatever you are, whatever, it's, it's, wait a second, I'm going through this, this has somehow been brought on by me on some level I don't even understand or comprehend, fine, fine, but on some level I created this. Right, right. So to furthermore, that. I'm ready to do this. God, be with me and show me how to do this as a divine master. You know, as a master, right, not as a victim. Human beings love doing things as victims for some reason, we're addicted Right. Our job is to say, how can I do this as a master? And that's where we call in the divine presence and say, show me how. And onward we go. We're not supposed to be asked, asking to get saved from it, to get out of this mess, to be rescued. We're supposed to be asking how to do it as a master. I mean, if something could sweep in and rescue you, first of all, why, would, why didn't it do it in the first place? But if something could sweep in and rescue you, then how much growth will you have achieved? If you could just be rescued from yourself, then if you could be rescued from yourself, let's say you have patience, you're going through a test of patience, and you say, God, get me out of this test of patience, and God takes you out of it. Well, who was the one that had the impatience in the first place? You. So why would you want to be rescued from it? You would want to learn, <laughs> you know, to have more patience. So our job in the dark night of the soul, to summarize it all, is to recognize this has a purpose. And lesson number one, I need to learn what I'm here to learn. I need to integrate what I'm here learning. It's like if you picture ingesting food, your body wants to integrate the nutrients. It's called assimilation. It needs to integrate the nutrients. If your body does not integrate nutrients from the foods you ingest, you're pretty much going to be sick or die. So in life, spiritually, your soul's going to be sick or die. 
if we don't assimilate and integrate the lessons we've learned. And secondly, you're supposed to be learning surrender. Just instead of control freakism, you're supposed to be learning to surrender. And another thing you're learning in the dark night of the soul is unconditional love. It means letting go, non-attachment. It means unconditional love. So whatever love you think you had before, I don't care if it's for your TV set, your car, your, a person in your life, or your status in life, you'll go through the dark night of the soul and eventually that thing will get challenged because you're supposed to be learning to become whatever it is to you. If you think a person gives you security and you don't become that security, that person will have to be taken away eventually so that you develop your own sense of security. Now, there's a concept. There's a concept. I think that's, that's one of the just basic core of what you're basically saying is that's why the soul has to erupt in this kind of way to say, hello, you're that's missing right. this ingredient, and so let's go get it. That's right. I mean, it, another way of saying it, uh, I always summarize, is we're always going to learn lessons, and they're going to be the easy way or the hard way. But one thing's for sure. First of all, we're not even apart from God, but our belief that we are Sets us, sets us on a journey that, you know, that is inevitably there's the call home. So we're all seemingly on this journey in this universe, but at some point or another we realize we're actually moving back home towards God consciousness. Now, that means inevitably we're going there, so that's a certain thing. So the soul is basically participating in this as our guide. Come on, let's go. Let's go, everybody, on the bus. Here we go. And we're going to either learn this lesson the easy way or the hard way. So... Our soul is saying to our humanness, get on the bus. And if our human wants to, humanness can uh, cooperate, it gets on the bus, which means it takes yoga classes, it becomes healthier, it prays and it meditates, it learns to practice forgiveness, not just going to workshops, but practicing what you learn at the workshops, not just reading books, but practicing it. You become these things. That's called the easy way of learning, and you're getting on, you're getting on the bus. The hard way is to resist this stuff, to, or even be a hypocrite and say you're forgiving, but you're not. But it's, you know, it's, it's all that other stuff. It's the rebellion to it. It's the, no, um, I won't forgive, or I, I don't have time to apply what I've heard is good for me in terms of health or wellness or peace of mind. Well, then it's going to just say, okay, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to create you getting, you know, hit by a car, knocked all over the street, and you're going to now spend months in the hospital and with physical therapists inevitably at a yoga class to try to get your body back in shape after it's been destroyed just to get you into being more healthy. It's going to take you through a rough go just to get you back to that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whatever messages we've been ignoring that are authentic messages are eventually going to be brought back around to us, not necessarily as punishment, but as an awakening. That's right, and it's our soul, and it's all definitely for our greater good. Okay, okay. So when when uh, have you ever I, I want to ask this we have we've got a break coming up in just a minute but I want to ask this and we'll finish answering it after the break if we don't get finished uh, have you ever known of someone who was having a dark night of the soul who wasn't experiencing a lot of external crises crises but there was an implosion sort of an internal yeah, crisis it's a it's a, that's a great question um, yeah it does happen that way a lot of times people will be having internal what I'll call meltdowns. Uh, internal shifts, internal breakdowns. I, I, t- in the book, um, you're not going crazy, you're just waking up. I refer to it as a dismantling. Mm-hmm. It's a dismantling physically or emotionally, financially, a dismantling of your health, of your parenting. It's a dismantling. Something's falling apart on some level. And um, that's the first sign, first symptom, and the first sign that you are going through what I'm calling the soul transformation process. And I call it the soul transformation because it's your soul that's initiating. It isn't the fate transformation process. It's our soul says enough is enough because bottom line is when our lives have been too stagnant for too long, um, we're not, you know, the soul, again, is saying get on the bus. So that means it, it, it evaluates you every day. And if it doesn't see that you are expanding more into being God in consciousness, if it sees any part that's stagnant or stuck, a part that you're in denial of, it's going to go after that area, whether it's your finances or whatever else. Anywhere you have false, uh, a false sense of attachments to something that isn't real, all those areas have to be shifted, and the soul's going to get you there one way or the other. Okay. All right. We're going to talk some more about you're not going crazy, you're just waking up right after the break. We'll be back in just a minute. 
Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back again with Michael Murdad talking about you're not crazy, you're just waking up. In the last segment, we talked a lot about the dark night of the soul, and I think we got a pretty clear definition of that. I want to talk, and you mentioned dismantling, so I want to talk a little bit more about those stages of transformation. The first question I want to ask is you mentioned that this is a soul transformation. I want to be real clear. Are you saying that the soul actually transforms, or or that the soul transforms the ego shadow person? The soul is transforming the ego shadow or person. The soul has a, a pretty good idea of what we need to be doing to get home. It, it takes a, a measure of sorts of each part of our being, our physical, our emotional, our intellectual selves. It kind of takes a nice bit of a measure of all that inside of us. And, and each of those categories I just named has subfacets. Like our physical self can be financial, it can be... Um, you know, our material possessions, our physical self can be our sexuality, it can be our vitality, as I said, health. But it's, it's several facets of our physicality, and each one of those facets gets measured on a regular basis from, by our soul. And our soul says when it finds something that, that is just simply stagnant, it's just being allowed to just get by, it's just not enough. It needs to see a thriving, like an ex- at least an expansion. You're becoming more instead of a shutting down, a freezing, a numbness, it can't allow that for too long. And, you know, that's especially true for those on the path. Some of us can get away with being a little number for a longer period, strangely enough. And, and I've seen people on the spiritual path say, well, this is unfair, because I know people who do a lot worse things and seem to get away with it, whether it's how much they can drink or whatever else, you know, and get away with it. And I can't seem to get away with any of it. That's because you are a clearer, purer soul. We're not trying to look at who's better. I'm just saying your vibe is a bit cleaner. So your soul doesn't let you get away with as much. It's, it's like say, it's saying you know better. Mm-hmm. No, and so it doesn't let you play around or be as, as just uh, you know, complacent. So the soul is the one. And, and uh, reiterating that, when it finds something in your life that's too stagnant or complacent, it says now. And it activates a minor or major soul transformation process. Uh, I'm just using the terms minor or major. Minor might be something like, um, you know, we need to reevaluate our attachment to the television to, you know, show, TV shows. And so it might accidentally, coincidentally, but not really, um, make your cable go out so you can't watch TV because it's trying to get you to wake up and get away from that. Maybe. That's a minor one, maybe. Now, a more intense one might be literally a, a health crisis or you or your partner has an affair because you're supposed to be looking at your uh, reevaluating your your relationship and you're supposed to be talking to a counselor or a couples counselor but you didn't so now you have a crisis that's a bit bigger than the TV going out although for some people it's probably the same um, <laughs> but then but then there's of course 
when all the things are going to go wrong at once, and that's what, again, we call the dark night of the soul. So back to the, whether we're calling it minor or major or even the dark night of the soul, we, we, the stages are still the same in any one of those levels. Um, and we go, through, we, we go through these things, by the way, either as victims being dragged through or as masters marching right on through because we learned to see these steps and walk with them instead of fighting them. So that's the allowing, of course. So when the steps happen, we start off with dismantling. And dismantling is when the stuff starts to fall apart. It's, it's the job comes to an end. Oh, my God, I didn't expect that. Why is this happening? What's going on? It's, it's coming to an end. Something is shifting. The earth under your feet, so to speak. Your reality is being questioned or shaken up. After you spend some time with your reality being shaken up, let's say the loss of a job, then inevitably soon after, sometimes during the shaking up, but soon after, if not, then it'll be soon after, you will experience a second stage, which is called emptiness. And in emptiness, you start to feel basically depressed, in a word. You're depressed. You're bummed. You're, you're empty. You're sad. You're, you know, in this, I don't know what to do. I'm just kind of sunk. And you're, you know, you're jobless and your financial uh, status has dropped. And, you know, without a relationship, there's a certain emptiness, sadness, depression. Um, after that period of emptiness, which sometimes can be very, a very dark place and last certainly days, weeks, months, but after that emptiness, there's usually a period of what we call a disorientation is the third stage. Again, that can happen during the emptiness even, but everybody's going to come to a place of disorientation, and that's you lose a job, you're bummed about losing a job, but eventually you start to go, well, now what do I do? You know, after enough sadness and depression, depending on how big the event is, you're going to go into the now what do I do. For example, a, mo a woman's been married, let's say, 20 years. Um, her husband leaves her. He's got an affair, and he leaves her. Well, she's devastated, and that's the dismantling. She's now going to be sunk and depressed for months, maybe years. Who knows? Um, hopefully not, but that happens. So she's sunk for a long period of time. She's in emptiness. And then there's a point where you start to say, well, now what am I? I mean, all I know is I've been his wife for all these years. I don't even have a career. I, I, I cleaned the house and took care of the kids. That's disorientation. It is unfortunate, but it's a natural phase because you should have never been without a greater sense of who you are, a knowingness of who you are. We should have never allowed a complacency to set in that says, hi, hi nice to meet you, who are you? I am his wife. I, are, I am their mother or their father. I am just a CEO of a company for that matter. Those aren't our labels. We're divine beings. And if our life isn't reflecting that, those are areas that are going to soon become rude awakenings, whatever they may be. Even areas we think we're pretty happy with, but they're not reflecting expansiveness or they're not uh, reflecting unconditional love or whatever the case may be. So we're now in a, in a disorientation phase. And disorientation, commonly you'll see um, you're, you're overwhelmed and you don't know what to do and where do I go from here? Um, am I supposed to move from city to city, state to state? It's disorientation. Now, the most dangerous thing you can do in disorientation is try to figure out what to do because you're the one that got yourself into this mess in the first place. As Einstein said, you can't solve problems with the same mind that created them, and yet that's what we do. We go, well, you know, we're depressed, and then we go into disorientation, and eventually we go, bing, I got it. I know what I'll do. I'll show him. I'll go out and, and be a successful woman, and I'll show my parents that I'm not what they said. I'll show my ex-husband. I'm going to be something, and we, we prove. And all you're doing is being reactive. Yes, yes, I think it's better than being devastated, but you're still being reactive. You're still trying to prove something. You're pulling yourself up. You will set yourself on a new platform that soon, again, will need to be dismantled. You'll feel empty, and you'll feel disoriented again even more so because you'll say, how could this be happening? I, I was so proud of myself for pulling through, and that's the problem. There's, an, there's a secret to this. The biggest problem is trying to control your life and make your life come back together because the, the whole purpose of step one, two, and three was to dismantle you. It was to, you know, to humble you. It was to open your mind to greater things, not just to humble you and rip you down for negative purposes. It's it's to make you better, to realize I'm not the smallness, I'm the greatness. So it falling apart was not for just for us to simply try to 
pull something and redesign our lives. It's, it's, it's to say, okay, I don't know. And that's what we come to, we call the bridge. Now you're at the bridge that you'll start walking over only if you keep the I don't know attitude. Here I am, God help me. I surrender, whatever terminology works. Step over the bridge only with a childlike mind. I don't know. And innocence and openness and vulnerability. You step over and on the other side, guidance begins. And all of a sudden, it's like you can start to feel, sometimes it's a drop at a time and sometimes it's a whole ocean at a time. But you start to feel fresh guidance. You feel inspired. You feel a, a, a newness. This is called being born again. Instead of recontriving our lives, we actually die of the old and are being born again. So in step five, it's I call rebuilding. It's time for rebuilding, and you're reconnecting. You're filling up with spirit, with love, with guidance and divinity, and you're going to have your consciousness shifted to a new level of consciousness, more of who you really are. So inevitably, naturally, that I'm, since I'm filled with this new consciousness, this new identity, step five is going to be the outcome of having done that, which means step five is, is called a new life. It's the fruits of having done good work on that fourth step and gotten over that bridge. But if you don't do step four and five, meaning get over the bridge and do four and five, you're just going to keep getting recycled around and around, one, two, three, one, two, three. And that's what most human beings do on a day-to-day basis. Lose a job, quickly run out. Boy, aren't you great because you found another one right away or didn't. But even if you found one, you'll pat yourself on the back and say, man, look at me, lucky me, I'm great. And the bottom line is it's still not your soul's purpose, which means your soul's still going to undermine it and, and uh, you know, have to find some way to get you out of there because your soul wants your soul's purpose, not just a job. Soul wants you to have a soulmate, loving, safe, nurturing, reciprocal relationship, not just a cellmate, you know, not just a, a, a negative karmic relationship. So it's going to have to find some way to dismantle yet another relationship that you picked up in a bar the day after your last person left. It won't settle for these things, especially as you start to wake up. It'll say, you know what? We're not, we can't settle for that behavior, man. You're, you're, you're maturing spiritually. We, ha- we have to have only the best, basically. Right. Okay, and that, that, the hardest part of that process, it sounds like to me, is that step of surrender, that place of I don't know. That's right. That, that's a hard place for people to stay because if we were to put it in short terms, it would be the control freak. The, the, inner, the ego, when it manifests as a control freak, it's that part right there that it just doesn't seem to like to, you know, retire the control freak. You don't have to fight it or kill it. You just retire it for lack of work and simply say, you know, it's time for me to be as I've been created to be. Just mm-hmm. incredible, open, creative, peaceful, joyous, whatever, and if I try to recontrive out of fear what I want for my life, I'm certainly not going to see the greater things. So I have to say no when I hear that compulsion, that addictive compulsion to say, you know, fight or flight, survival instinct, reptilian part of the brain. Do I really want the reptilian, the oldest, um, primitive, primal, fear-based part of my being guiding my life? I mean, it makes no sense. Spirit's supposed to be guiding, and it's a different part of our brain and consciousness entirely. So, you know, that's what this whole thing is about. It's like a retiring of or a dismantling of our old way of thinking. Right, right. And I I think that it's real hard for us, particularly in the West, and we're about to go on another break, so we may not get to finish this, but uh, particularly in the Western culture, we have trouble with this whole idea of surrender because we think it means laying down, throwing up a white flag and letting all the monsters get us. That's right. That's right. That's one of the erroneous thoughts is that the surrender means failure or weakness, where in fact it means strength. Because when you surrender, you are filled with your true self, which is infinite in its power. Okay. All right. Well, that's a beautiful concept. And we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. This is Andrea Matthews. We're talking today to Dr. Michael Murdad. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, 
I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn. So follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, (laughs) no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. Skills USA can help. What is Skills USA? Skills USA is life changing. Skills USA is awesome. Skills USA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. Skills USA is amazing. Skills USA is motivating. Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back today talking to Dr. Michael Bardad about his book, You're Not Going Crazy, You're Just Waking Up. And over the last segment, Michael uh, explained to us the soul traumatic transformation process that includes dismantling, emptiness, disorientation, rebuilding, and a new life. And I think that explanation was so crystal clear, and I really hope that you listeners uh, really got that because it it seems like a fairly simple idea that says the soul wants you to grow and become who you really are and that it's just saying, let's do this. Whatever way it's going to happen, let's just do this. And if if we master that, then we have become who we were meant to be. So I want to I want to put that uh, aside for just a second and ask you, Michael, about your website and what have you been up to lately that the listeners need to hear about and how can they get in touch with you? Oh, thanks for asking. Well, um, my website, I have a couple of websites, but one of them is Grail, like the Holy Grail, productions.com. So triple W and then Grail, productions.com. That's kind of the, the mothership. You know, that's kind of got most of everything, a link to everything I'm doing. There's another one that's more related to spirituality, that is to say more, um, 
It's, it's called theinnerchrist.com, theinnerchrist.com. And that's partly to bridge into a, an online course that I do. The folks can also go there and just read some really magnificent material on Christ consciousness and Magdalene energy and Mother Mary and Archangel Michael. It's, it's got a lot of that. And, um, and on the Grail site, it is more of a, a bridge to all of the different things. That's my, where my newsletter is linked to. That's my... Um, I have articles on that one, so there's a lot more to find there in terms of diversity. And, um, yeah, and I have workshops, a few workshops per year, and they can find out about those on the Grail Productions website. I do a few five-day intensives. Um, you know, springtime I do a five-day healing intensive, and uh, you know, summertime it's my mastery. So this coming August we have the Living Mastery Intensive, which is amazing stuff. It's, it's about how to bring spirituality out of the, the, the abstract and down in, right into our being. We, we learn to live this for five days. We learn to live this on a physical, emotional, intellectual, intuitive, and spiritual level, how to live it on every level. So it's very practical. And they can read about that on the site if they like. And then in the fall, we have a, um, um, the spirituality workshop. focuses more on the, the prayer, the meditative, the healing, the consciousness development. So that's, that's more spiritual-oriented. And um, then there's other things I do in between, and, 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 and small, you know, I do tours three weeks per month. I'm on tour somewhere. Um, just and right now, I'm on a two, two and a half month tour, going everywhere from um, Wisconsin to Florida, and then uh, Toronto and Denver, and or you know, it's everywhere. I, I keep, tend to keep going on, and I'm all usually on tour somewhere, and that includes sometimes lectures at Unity churches, churches of religious science on Sundays. And then weeknights at centers, various centers, uh, metaphysical centers, yoga centers, and sometimes in, um, again, sometimes in, in churches, new, new thought churches. And I do work varying, varying from A Course in Miracles to spirituality to healing trauma to sacred sexuality, relationships. Again, that's all pretty diverse as well. So um, that's kind of what I'm up to. And, 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 of course, I speak at conferences a few times a year, depending on the conferences. I like to pick the best of them. The one that I'm at in just a couple of weeks is in South Florida. It's in Fort Lauderdale, and that's the Universal Lightworkers Conference. They have their own website, universallightworkers.com. And the Universal Lightworkers Conference, honestly, is far and above. Like, there's not even anything close second to that conference. It's, it's got, this time it's got Don Miguel Ruiz, myself, and uh, Kim O'Neill, who's written some great books on, on angels, and um, Gary Renard, who wrote The Disappearance of the Universe, and several other people. But what's different about it, I mean, every year they have the best of the best. However, what's different about it, it's not an expo. The speakers don't arrive for an hour and then split, not caring one way or another about the conference itself. They actually come in and we are all invited, in fact, encouraged, in fact, insisted upon on our contract. We are asked to only be a guest as a speaker if we're willing to be part of the energy of the, the transformation in this conference. If we're not interested in the conference and the people attending, we're told don't even, don't even attend. So um, the speakers come in for all four days. We all, with the attendees, the vendors, we all dance together, laugh together, play together, pray, meditate, do workshops, vending, uh, the whole bit. We do everything together, and it really takes the concept of a spiritual family, a, a group consciousness to a whole other level than most conferences or expos could even dream of, honestly. So that's, that's a pretty powerful experience. Oh, wow. I can imagine. I can imagine. That sounds wonderful. I'm going to have to show up for that myself. Okay. Well, um, you know, when we want to sort of talk about how this whole concept of transformation, the soul transformation, I think we... I think most of our listeners would agree that we have a, a collective soul that's sort of joined at the hip. And, and so how does this, that you're talking about, this transformation process, apply globally? Well, as you said, since we are one consciousness, there's really no difference. A person goes through the soul transformation process. Why and how? Well, the stages and, and why is that? Well, because when something's become complacent for too long, it's going to get dismantled. Well, guess what's happening globally and nationally, economically? Something was complacent, and it had to fall. In the, in the late 90s, I said at a conference, I think it was actually the Lightworkers Conference when I spoke then at that time, um, I was asked some questions, and I predicted. I said, you're going to see very soon the collapse of our economy. And, and people just thought, oh, well, he might mean, you know, a higher gas prices or something minor. I meant the complete collapse. It has to collapse because 
the way it is functioning, it is an illusion, and it, it just isn't real. And within a year or two, start at the beginning of it all, the 9-11 and on and on from there. I also predicted the ending of, of elections and politics as we know it. And we immediately saw two elections that are very suspicious in most people's minds about how real politics and elections are. And, of course, I predicted also the fall of, of church as we know it. And soon after, we started seeing and hearing all these, you know, atrocious stories about, uh, you know, misdoings within the Catholic Church, just to name one. And, and, and it's going to continue. Um, the dismantling of life as we know it has to continue. And that's scary to people. Oh, no, don't tell me my job's going to go away. Don't tell me the school system. How could the school systems not get dismantled? They're so screwed up. Thank you. They have to get dismantled. And it's a good thing. What's going to bring it about? It's hard to say. Mankind will learn its lessons the easy way or the hard way, but they will learn their lessons. You can't strip planet Earth for too long or and get away with it forever. You're going to bring about some sort of Earth changes change, you know, to change and, and your consciousness and the way you're living. So we're all heading for wonderful rebirth and ascension in consciousness, but we'll do it either the easy way or the hard way. Okay. And on that note, we're going to close out today. I wish we had hours to talk to... Michael Murdad, thank you so much for being on our show today, Michael. Thank you for having me. And next week we're going to be talking to Crystal Nani uh, about 24-7 guidance. We're looking forward to that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.